Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Today, finally, I get Marlon Corbin. So hello. <laughs> hello. There. Coming to us from, from Paris. You're in Paris right now. And I can yeah. honestly say that we danced together on the Lido stage. <laughs> I'm 62 and you're probably in your 20s, but it was a brief moment. Um, we tried to do an a, a interview before and then you were moving. And then when I came up on, I went to Paris to see the show. And when the pre-show happened, normally I probably wouldn't just run down there to dance on the stage. But when they said anyone who wants to come on the stage, I ran in my high heels as fast <laughs> as I could. And then Christopher, who I've interviewed several times, like, come on down. It just was such a fun dance party. And then he points, that's Marlon. I go, oh yeah, we haven't done our interview yet. So we got to briefly dance on the Lido stage together, generations apart. But yeah, truthfully, we did it. And the show was so wonderful. And being there after doing so many interviews beforehand, like getting to see Alexandra and Leah, all these people I've interviewed, it was wonderful to see them on that stage. And then for you, I got to see the show first and now get to interview because I'm always like, who are these fascinating people that have <laughs> lives outside of the stage? So I would first like to just start with where you grew up. Um, so I grew up uh, just outside in the suburb of Paris, but literally just outside of Paris very close to Paris. Um, uh, then I left when I was 18 to London because I wanted to, I was really fond of like musical theater and I really wanted to um, do a training in musical theater. Um, one day my mom, I think I was 12, I think she went to, uh, she came to, she went to see the Fussy, Fussy show, the, 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 yeah. the Fussy show at the Chatelet. And she came back with two DVDs one was Fussy and the other one was Cabaret. And that just changed my whole life. Literally. Really? So I was was like, it the Fussy, the review they brought back, which is all the best of Fussy? Yeah, it was the best of Fussy, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I have a yeah. friend that's in that and I've been a Fussy right. fan. But that's one thing that some people see that type of theater. And maybe if they saw other, you know, it's more not cheesy, yeah. but also, but sometimes you see that, oh, this Boring is also. The classical ballet dancers are like, oh, I don't understand <laughs> But what I like about it is the act, because I started my training as acting when I was seven years old. I was really shy. Um, I was a really shy uh, child, I'd say, and kind of unsocial. And then I remember one day, basically a friend of my mom had like a, a school for, uh, an acting school for kids. And she was like, okay. And she had a, a talk with my um with my teacher and my teacher was like, yeah, I don't understand Marlon is very like shy and he don't talk to anyone, blah, 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 blah. To the, when I um, started the CP, CP is like the beginning of like primary school. And the, I don't know why I was like very shy and I didn't want to talk to anyone anyways. And I remember the day when my mom was like, hey, we're going to take you to Katy, it's my uh, acting teacher class. And then that really changed my life as well because I was a child actor. So I started the, the, the acting classes with her and then because I, back in the days there was like pre uh, pre internet there was no like you know agencies or anything so uh, casting directors knew that she had a lot of child in her school so I started to do castings and stuff and I did like a I was like a child actor so I did like TV films and films and then like adverts and stuff when I was a kid growing up even though I was like in a normal school but basically I was going off the school for like two months to shoot in Brussels 
in Belgium and then coming back and blah, blah, blah. So I then going to the theater and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so then I started this and then um, the first time I did my really professional experience when I was seven years old on a, a Théâtre de la Madeleine in, a, in Paris with like really, really big actors. Uh, like I knew that was this I wanted to do. So then uh, I grew up around carrying on my acting classes. Uh, started dance really late. I started at like 15 years old, which is a bit late. Um, but then I was like, I really want to do musicals. So then I went to London. <laughs> this is amazing because how young. Yeah. I've, I've mainly talked to dancers who did that. They were shy or they were clumsy and then ballet or whatever dance they start, they find themselves. Yeah. Because you know, if you're, you, if you had been put in there, you could just been a shy kid that didn't find. No. Yeah, so yeah. What, what did you, could you feel that when you found your place? Like this is who I am. I've, I have like a really strong memory in my brain. Um, so I'm doing this first act, which is an acting job where basically um, it's a story of two philosophists during the Second World War that took a Jewish uh, kid that so all his family, family get killed in front of him. And then he, now he's, um, he's not um, autistic, but he's um, mutistic, which is basically when you had a shock. It's not something that you came when you were born, basically. Right. So anyways, I was not talking the whole way through the, 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 um, the, the play. And at the end, I had like a fifth, like let let's say like a ten minutes monologue. So I was literally with the actors and on stage all, uh, all the way through the the, um, the play. But at the end, I had like this fifteen minutes monologue that was finishing the that was ending the play, and then I was just talking. And I just remember because it was just summing up the whole play. I could feel, even though I was seeing like a black, you know, like dark shadow of the people watching me I could feel the power I had and I just from that day I just thought that's really what I'm doing like oh my gosh I get chills that is so cool because I think some people go to acting because they want to be famous or they want to be no, 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 there's no, different no. reasons and same with dance if you're going into it for to be a celebrity or a star that's not no, the, no. that's no, not the reason but when you find out you're like maybe your true self or that you have a that's what's so beautiful you didn't have a voice for you know most of the play and then you have a voice I think even if you're yeah, a shy no, kid no. you finally have a voice and it's your yeah. it's coming from a deeper place and funny enough all the parts I did thereafter. I guess it's because I was very expressive in my eyes because I got dark mm -hmm. black eyes. He's, he's got great um, eyes. And then I did artist. I did. I did three times. I did artistic jobs where the first two TV films I did, I was artistic. So apparently I was really good to be artistic, and everyone thought I was really artistic, but I was not. So that was like uh, TV films for like big channels like MCs, uh, and then France 3, uh, which are big uh, uh, national channels in France. Uh, and I was like. Uh, 10, 10 and 12, I guess. And apparently I was really good to transmit things. And then at some point I got another job where I was just autistic again and my mom turned it down because she was like, no, Marlon, you can act. So let's, let's get you acting. Oh my God. If you get pegged a certain kind of thing, you might only get to do yeah, that. Everything. Do you have a so, style of acting or kind of like, do you do comedy or is it, do you have a preference or um, all acting? Like what do you go towards or feel the most connected to? The good thing with my my acting teacher, she she really like um, felt where your possibility was, and then pushed you towards it. So then, 
I must say that my acting training was really good. And even though that was like a, you know, like that was like a, uh, that was a Wednesday, you know, Wednesday is a day off in France. So it was like a Wednesday thing for, you know, the kids, I mean, for the, it's a school day off. So that was once a, once a week. But then I did so much thing with her that she really like injected so much like of her knowledge into me. And she really like kind of revealed myself to what I was as a, as an actor, I would say. So I did like lots of, I did lots of classic like Molière and like um, Jean de La Fontaine and all that. But I also did like uh, Steinbeck. Uh, I did mm. lots of things. Where, like she really like always like try to like challenge you, but in a good way, so that you can like really, um, I don't know. Um, you had the nature of what you were as an actor, but you could challenge yourself too, you know? I mean, it was not like an easy job, but the actual core of what you were doing on stage was what you were already giving as a performer. So if you're a child actor, you're in with mostly adults all the time, right? Or with, I mean, once yeah. in a while, other yeah. children. So what was that like being, which I do want to get into your upbringing because you obviously were not like totally unaware of the entertainment world but to be a kid where sometimes you get gobbled up and sometimes you get protected by adults or you're mm. exposed to things like if you're very serious about your craft how how was that to be it was really know? great for me like when i started to do like uh that when i was a kid and was like seven years old and i started to do that play where i was going to normal school and then at a time at, at, at night at like i don't know 4 or 4 30 p.m my mom was picking me picking me up and then going straight to the theater. For me, that was what the real life was supposed to be. It was not supposed to be in school. It was supposed to be in the theater and acting. And it's funny because uh, retrospectively, I see all the time I spent in school, which which is a good time as well, you know, because you have to go through this. Like it was a like a waiting area, you know, I was waiting because for me, the real life was to performing. It was not anything else. Um, so, when I was in, in you know, like sh- shootings or anything, for me, that was a normal life. And all, I'm like a very curious person. So my mom always like tells me that when I was shooting any things, I was always asking uh, questions to the sound engineer, to the set engineer, to like all the sound uh, set designers. But I was always everywhere because I was really passionate about it. And I wanted to know how do you make all those things happen, so. <laughs> oh, you just hit like that's been my kind of statement for the last couple of years of when I get frustrated with humanity yeah. is the lack of curiosity well, like, yeah. because if you're a curious person then this business fits but there's a lot of people that have no curiosity like about uh, other people but a curious person that's a lot of people that did well in the industry besides just dance like they learned sound they learned about uh, like how do the costumes so then if you're transitioning uh, out of the arts you still you have all of these amazing, talented people around you that some people aren't curious to know, like, how are my costumes made? Who, who designed like, this? Like, that just bugs me. And also, so, I mean, for, for the my adult part of my career, I did mostly dance job, but it's something that really kind of puts me away from the dance world because people are not curious enough, very egotistic. They just think of themselves, they just how they look, and they're not... Okay, that's 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 my um, let's say that's my um, uh, motto. I don't really care how much like turns or like pirouettes you do on stage. I just care about what you give on stage and what you transmit to the audience. That's that's my perspective point of view. So, I I really think sometimes some of the dancers are just thinking about the 
let's say the performance, but the performance as if like the sportive performance, you know, the, the mm. sports performance or how much they do, uh, instead of what they give to the audience. And sometimes it's, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of a shame really. Mm. And it's something that puts me off of the dance world because I think, uh, I don't know, it's just really like uh, non brillis you know, like very like looking to their like belly, you know, it's a bit like just like give, you know, we're here to give something, you know, if you give like 100% and, you know, your densibilities are 80s, 70%, people will just receive like 100%. They won't, you know, give a damn about how much, uh, how much privilege you did. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something that really bugs me, so. Well, also, okay, because I did dance, I did, it was a bluebell, did the shows. Then when I started doing musical theater and you learn more of the story in the back, like, why am I doing this dance? Like West Side Story, that's a fun dance, but like, oh, there's more like the racial tension. So I think it made me curious that way, which I think helped my dancing. So you started out acting, like I started as a dancer and added the acting yeah. and curiosity. And But you, can you tell how that made a difference to you as a dancer, what you brought in as an actor? Oh, because I'm not going to lie. One thing that really bothers me when I did, so I did the creation of Paris Merveille, for example, I'm not going to lie. I got, I got the job. So it was really good. Uh, but during the creation, I was, I was struggling. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of contemporary dancing. I struggled. To, I'm a very slow person. So I struggled to, I mean, at least with dancing, I'm a slow learner. So it takes a, to- a lot of time for me to repeat the steps. So then I give it to my, to, to get it in my body. Um, but what surprise, I got first replacement of La Michael from the choreographer. So maybe it was because maybe I was like giving a bit of an extra edge to the a story. Thing. That's a storyteller. That whole thing is a storyteller. Oh, that's, yeah, that is interesting. We work backwards as dancers a lot of times. Like I have a dance studio and people get the choreography and then now I'll give them a story. I'm like, well, if you don't start with a story, they've got all this memorized and they don't like, how do you stick a story on some on top of something that's already been set? with no curiosity of like what is this song or what is my relationship because a lot of stuff is just show you know go sparkle or there's not doesn't necessarily necessarily need to be a story but i do think when you see people find it even if no one else knows the story that performer has something going on so that's a fossey thing too i know i know we work with bob fossey like you have a story in there and people are like what is happening what is going on in them instead of like that's a very wonderful i have friends that do that and you go what is it about them yeah I totally yeah. agree. Instead of giving it all away, like what is it that intrigues people to come yeah, in? And also, that just that, that that for me, I mean, also with time, I really I, mean, I do pursue the way to be um, of being a uh, director as well because I really want to set. I, I mean, I've been directing things when I'm like a kid, and I always wanted to make shows, and always been making shows in my room and blah blah blah, and showing the shows <laughs> while not like right, and it's really something that, and I really. I kind of like put away that creativity for a long time because I was ashamed of it. And then I really un- understood that um, the way I will be able to came up the crowd will be just to use that creativity. So it's a, like, it's a long process, but finally I'm embracing it. And I think that's really like my originality and I really need to, to bring it on. Um, but then um, what you said about the, the fussy thing, uh, blah, blah. Um, yeah, there's all. Uh, how can I say? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Um, I'm really into leaving a image, a shot into people's minds when they watch a show. I think watching a shot and keep it in your brain 
is much more important than just having people just fiddling around the stage and just moving and blah, 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 because that won't last at all, you know, that just like, it, it just evaporate. So I think it's really important for people to have strong images, strong shots in their brain. So then you just, because I think the most beautiful thing about a performance is when you go and see it, then a few days after you think about it, it kind of reminds you, it just like, it just um, goes into mm. your body and then your brain. And then, and maybe of course, like um, I've got that artistic, um, uh, fiber in, in me but I think also normal people I think you know like some of the time they will recall this performance it would be like yeah actually that was really good you know what I mean and, and sometimes the best thing you see it's either like a shock so then it's like a revelation or it's a it's a, it's a, like a, a crescendo you know what I mean first of, and then you're like oh my god actually yeah that was really good and then 10 days after, you're like, oh my God, yeah, that was really good. Like, I, I want to go back and see it. I want to, you know, and then you start to be a fan of this, like, you know. But that oh. means a really interesting thing, so yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, well, we have a, a show, we have because of COVID every year, and there's like 20-something numbers sometimes, and you leave, and it, you're like, well, that was the one, and that color, but you can't remember why. So then when well, you yeah. ask people a week later, because sometimes we bring back our favorite numbers from before, and it's interesting right. what stands out, like it either made them laugh or cry or feel something, or they were shocked. Right or the aesthetics were beautiful, but it's like, when you see so many things and it all gets muddled, like, I like how you said that like eight hours later, a week later, like, what is it? Why did yeah. it stay with you? Yeah, that, exactly. That kind of art that hits on something and even just silly comedy sometimes does it or something that's really bold. Oh. Cause I think people are, I was watching the evolution of performers that I work with that either trying to shock, like that will do it. Or they try to like figure out who they are. So they're kind of copying other people. Like, I don't know how Wait, old yeah. you are, but it sounds like, you know who you are. So even coming back to that creative part of directing, like you said, you kind of put it away. Well, I think it's yep. when you get to try all the things and then figure out who are you in it, not like what are you supposed yeah. to be as a director, yeah. actor? Yeah, yeah, of course, because um, there's one, uh, let's say, uh, basic rules on stage. You have to bring yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Be yourself. Come from your quality, your flows, and just just try to expand from it don't try to look at everyone of course everyone has inspirations and you know like but try to from what you are developing what you are as a performer i think it's really really important otherwise it's just dull and everyone i mean of course we're like artists like maybe we see through performers or you know we can analyze um analyze um what how they perform itself but i do really think that let's say normal people they feel that thing because it's a proper human thing you know it's a proper like vibration that goes into another vibration and if you give like a wrong and fake vibration or something that's made up and it's not coming from you and your personality then people just don't they take it but then it just like uh, it just goes away it doesn't like you know like really take them Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like even watching a show, like at the Lido or anywhere else, there's so many people to look at and you can't say, but there are certain people that you will find on the stage. There's something that draws you in and it's not, and it's not just, they're smiling more, their energy, there's something. You know, in French, we yeah. say that. Yes. That's where I feel like that really, I felt that too. Like why, why do my eyes keep going to these people like over and over, no matter where yeah. they are? 
So you grew up in an entertainment family, and I did want, didn't want to start with that because, like, who are you, Marlon, the, the human, more than who's, whose son are you? Um, but you were around all that. So can you share a little bit who your mother and your father, like, just because you definitely had a view into that world before a lot of other performers? So um, my mom was um, a headliner at the Folie Bergère. Uh, she started in 1975 with uh, Lynn Renault at the Casino de Paris. And then she went to the Folie Bergère and she, had, uh, she was a flan menace de revue uh, at the Folie Bergère with a name. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> every, every pod, every time I do an interview, he's quiet all day until we record. Say that again? Or... No. Oh, yeah. Can you say it again? Sorry. But he does this every single time. And I can't lock him up or he'll just cry in a room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> People start to know the sound of Augie. Thank you, Augie. It's probably a squirrel. Okay. Follow this for share. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 of course. Don't worry. Um, so my mom started in 1975 with uh, Lynn Renaud at the Folie and then she uh, went to be a headliner at the... Uh, no, she is... Oh, sorry, let's say again. One, two, one, two. <laughs> so my mom started to um, be in the showgirl world with Lynn Renault in 1975 at the Casino de Paris for the show Paris Lynn. And then she went into being the headliner at Folie Berger during uh, four years uh, with her name uh, on in lights uh, in front of the Folie Berger and all that. And then she did like tours of Europe uh, with a, like a like music hall, like a showgirl uh, company. And then I basically, so I'm born in 1991. And uh, basically back in the day, she did... Um, uh, some shows at the Deauville Casino in Deauville. And it's funny because in the showgirls, let's say, industry, musical industry, it's not really well known, but a lot of really famous people did them. So it was only like a show on the Friday and Saturday. Uh, so that's, you know Deauville? I don't know if you know Deauville. Is that in Normandy? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I've heard about it from another, Michelle Brown, who is at the Lake House. And, and nature, like literally the yeah. show was amazing. First of all, the theater is like an all Italian theater which is all like made up with a um, um, toile de jouy, jouy, jouy uh, fabric is like, you know, those like fabric that they picked old, you know, like um, countryside people that just like, you know, going to farm is like a, a pink and pale, um, almost like a rosé uh, fabric. And it's all made up. So already like the theater is stunning and it's just next to the, the casino. And they had, so they had shows on the Friday and Saturday and lots of people did it. So uh, Claudette Walker did it. Pierre Rambert did it as well in 1996. Um, so lots of really famous did it. And so she did two shows there, one in 1919 before I was born called Davidissimo. And she was pregnant of me. And then I was basically, so she tell this really funny story where she, the show lasted for maybe a year and a half. And basically, so she, she, she was pregnant and... <laughs> While her belly was getting bigger and bigger, she had more feathers on top of her belly. <laughs> and apparently she, she had like a kind of like a 10 minutes. Uh, so she was there as a meneuse and like a singer. Um, so she had like a, uh, like a, like a medley of 10 minutes song. And just before that, I can kind of apparently I was in her belly, beating my, my feet while <laughs> them up. Like, she said like, like, it's already like feel, you know, the music coming. Uh, oh my you know, gosh. Yeah. And then so um, she got me, and then uh, she started again with another review called Fantastic Show in 1992 till uh, 1994. So I was basically, from my two till four years old, going every weekend 
to the um, to Deauville. Uh, we had a suit. Everything was paid by the production. And the only thing I could not access was the casino because I was a kid. But everything, otherwise, we could access everywhere. So I was like literally eating, eating oysters, foie gras, uh, everything every day. Like it was the oh best life ever. And I could see the show every night. So I could come and watch the show. I was um, kept by one of the, the ushers uh, to watch the show. And I could watch the show with my mom every night. So that was like a massive also inspiration. And one of the stories my mom has told is um, basically one day there are rehearsals. And I was already dancing in front of the stage while other dancing. There was a lot of English girls like doing the jobs. So all the, all the English girls were like, yeah, but your son knows better the choreography than us. <laughs> <laughs> Like so you were exposed to that. You got to see like beautiful entertainment, beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so you were was already crazy. kind of seeing this world. of. Yeah. And it was really good. Like it was because respect, respectively, uh, yeah. we're looking respectively. at, um, <laughs> I really found that the things that I inspired me when I was a kid, are really good. It was not just because I was a kid. I really had like an accurate vision of what was really good and what was not. And really like, and the, the shame of the, sh the show she did, that show when I watched for like two years and a half, maybe every night, I mean, at least on the weekends, is I cannot find the videos and the caption of the show. And I've struggled, mm -hmm. I need to put a message on the Cabaret World thing. Because also it was made by like that Egyptian guy called uh, Gary Bamon which is a random guy that just had like a dance company and he was living in Amsterdam. And the guy made a show that is really, really good. And the show was not just like showgirls with feathers. It was very um, ahead of his time in a way that the sh it was feathers, but I'll, I'll send you some visuals as well. It was really light. And also they had that number with uh, Martians where he was on the song Space Oddity from David Bowie. And it was basically, <laughs> So, so that's like pre-led there was no led that was just like yeah. uh, uh, light costumes but it was incredible like amazing and basically so there are all the martians dancing blah, blah, and at some point you had the queen of the martians are coming on stage with a massive cape and she was like taking all of the dancers out and they had like um, a trap where they're going through and basically in two seconds they all disappeared and oh my god this thing really like Thing in my brain forever. It was incredible. Like there was also like a jungle uh, tableau with a, a with a big gorilla that was like going through with a, a um, how do you call that? In uh, you know, a lion, like a lion, you know, like Tarzan, like he goes yeah. through. It. And he was going on stage. And I was so scared of them because like that was just one of the dancers like dressed up as a gorilla. But that's just and the show was. And I found some of the visuals, like the um, the flyers that I found recently that I scanned for my mum. And I do have to say that is I'll send it to it. It's really, really clever. Like it's it's just very, you know, it feels like um very ahead of its time in a way that it's uh, light costumes are very but very uh, well made. You know what I mean? Uh, and also he made the costumes as well. The director made the costumes as well. Um, and then basically the guy just disappeared in Amsterdam, and I have no idea if he's, is he dead or not. I tried to like because I love I love, I love to do research. So and I tried to research him, but I couldn't find anything. So I tried to posted things on the Cabaret World uh, Facebook page. Some of the people uh, replied to me, but I need to dig that up. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is sometimes we put this out there and there's one person who's listening that may know. 
Yes. Lindsay Raven has a thing called show business friends and oh, yeah? it's being revamped, but you can post like your shows, your videos. Cause I'm trying to find some of the shows I did that there's no video anywhere that I know of. So right. I think it's someone out there must have it. Yeah. That's the thing for me. Someone out there has the video and you know, what really bugs me is like my dad recorded twice. She did, my dad did an actual uh, caption. So I've got a brother my brother was born in 1986 and I was born in 1981. Um, and basically there's two caption of my dad from the shows where he took it from the balcony, but there's no caption of the show that really inspired me. And I'm like, ah, and then my dad, my, my dad is, uh, has like a really like, a, he's like a showman in a way that he's really good for contact with people. He knows how to talk to people, how to get to seduce them, how to, uh, but he doesn't have any artistry. So when I show him like the, the footage of my mom, he's like, I have no recollection. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And I, I can't remember the show. I do remember how I got to this show when I was in Berlin and, and I went to, there's, there's a really funny story as well, but back in the day, was, there was the Berlin Wall. Uh, my mom was doing her tour and she went to West Germany. And so one of the weekend, my dad wanted to come and see her. So she went to the, so that was at the Friedrichstadt Palace. So she went to the, <laughs> And then, so she, he saw the show and all that, and then there was a time for him. So she stayed in Germany because she had other shows to do, and then he went back to France. And then on the actual border of the West uh, Germany, uh, some of the guards asked him what he was doing in West Germany, and then he started to show the program to the West Guard. And then they started to laugh. He was, uh, yeah, this is my, he tried to speak German, but he couldn't speak, he couldn't speak a word of German. And then, like, he walked through the guards, there was a border, and then one of the women that was around there told him that that was the first time she saw guards laughing as much as this. So it's kind of. <laughs> She's and coming she, here for this beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> and that, this is my wife. This is my wife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So, also thinking you being a young kid of just how your brain is forming and that creative part of it, even you as a director, just all, all their pieces. Like mm -hmm. how many kids, like my kid grew, you know, my kids grew up on Disney videos and they did see lots of shows I did, but I know their friends had never seen a show. They'd never been around that kind of culture, but for you, you were immersed in it. So yeah, I wonder I, how I, you I, see the world is probably different. I'm going to say that for a long time, like, because I, I got a, a big, uh, I got to be like a lack of confidence problem with myself, which I think was coming from. The, the shy, shyness I had when I was a kid. My brother as well, that was a bit too much with me. And then uh, lots of bad, because also, because I was doing all these TV films and stuff, uh, kids are not nice with you. And I was really not really well treated and I was actually bullied at school. Um, and it really took me, and it's funny enough, but uh, I just turned, so I turned 30 and I'm going to turn 31 on the 21st of May. Um, and it's funny enough that, just before my 30s, there was something really like lined up in me about who I was and how lucky I was and and all the uh, the qualities I had and all the let's say the how can I say the strength I had in me back back since day one and that didn't really embrace it and I wasn't numb and I, I do think watching back i'm so happy i had this childhood because it was a very kind of particular childhood and and this is a strength you know and for a lot of time i did put myself down and i was like no, i'm not getting enough and blah 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 that's also coming when i did my school in uk where it was a very you know like 
it was like a dance theater school, but it was much more about how can you form people to be able to go on to those Western shows and musical shows instead of really bring their artistic originality out. And because mm-hmm. I was not I was one of the favorites, I really put myself down. And then, and then I got out there and then basically I'm much more working than any favorites in my college I did in UK, you know what I mean? So it really, it's, a, like, it's, a, it's like a long path, but finally like, and I'm happy it's coming up now because it's 30s, even though I feel old, it's like, it's still, you know, a good way to go. So I'm happy all this strength, but it was not something that I really embraced it for a long time to answer your, your question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that I really, really like, oh my God, but I really realized as well. And also like from my dad's place, because um, my dad also had like good, like uh, uh, family uh, input. My, my granddad was an archeologist and uh, he was the head of the head of um, the, Greek archaeologist in Athens uh, for a lot of time, and he really like uh, was like a, like really famous archaeologist as well. So that's really something that I embrace as well. That the family input was really important to me, and that's what um, let's say uh, for me, or at least um, made me who I am in a way. You know, I'm mean, like infused mm. who I was as a performer too. I was infused. I just think when kids are different, they get bullied, and it's so sad because these are yeah. kids that are different for good reasons. So I love that yeah. you took some time when you're hitting 30 to say yes. the thing that got you bullied was also the thing that made you so creative in you. Like, that's like very like, I don't know why, like I'm not, um, I'm a bit spiritual, but not to, to, to uh, like an extreme in, um, extent, but really like loads of like traumas in my life came back to my head. And then it kind of really had helped me to like put them back into place see them as an adult eyes and not, you know, like think, oh, I don't know, maybe I was a child. No. And I knew for a fact that I was, I was also like kind of like uh, put down from some of my teachers and basically my best friend in France, um, her mother was a teacher at the time I was a, uh, a student in the school, in the primary school. And then I had a talk with her recently and she tells me that my teacher was an asshole and basically like he was really putting down and he was like bully, bullying his uh his uh, students so he really like embraced the fact that what i was seeing back in the day what i was feeling was actually right like it was not just me as a kid thinking of you know yeah confirms you know we know yeah. we have a deeper knowing that we start to not trust yeah. so before we move into your dance career i want to go back to what you told me before we record about your mother's um audition with lynn Rinella, yeah. how <laughs> she didn't she didn't come there for her own purposes that's no, things, like people see something special in people like oh yeah God, those are the people that help us find our way i know um so basically my mom so she, so she trained as a she trained at the chatelet theater as a dance uh for dance so she had like um, she did ballet and all that and then she trained um as a singer as well my grandmother was an actor too uh much more of an actress she was like a really really good actress my, my grandmother um so she was my mom was also in 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 the in the thing since day one uh i had also like grandparents that was um at the manufacturing des gobelins which is basically where they make all the furnace uh for the furnace furnace say furnace mm-hmm. i don't know well maybe if you go i'll be able to figure out what it is <laughs> okay. uh, furniture. Furnace. furniture 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 
This is the fun part of our international family. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be good, but awkward because I'm not talking English like every day since like. No, uh, you're, four... you're fabulous. So um, all the furniture for uh, the, the you know the the uh, Elysee for the president thing, also that. So she was really like with with artists and blah blah. blah. So she really grew up in that environment. Anyways. And then, so she just wanted to be an actress and then also maybe a singer. And then one day she uh, joined, uh, she just wanted to come along with some of her friends that went to do the uh, audition for the new shows of Lynn Renault at the Casino de Paris in 1975 called Paris Lynn, the show. And then she would just, she just came here and just sat in the auditorium, just watching her friends. And then Lynn Renault just uh, picked her up in, 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 the, in the audience. And then she was like, well, what are you doing here? Like, she should be on stage already. The, the audition is going to start soon. And then my mom was like, well, I'm just watching. I'm just coming along with my friends. Can I just watch? And then she was like, hang on, but are you a dancer? And my mom was less. Yes. But like, can you, but, but just go on stage. So then my mom started to the audition and my mom really didn't want to do the audition. So she, so she just like borrowed some um, dance outfit from her friends. And then she went down all the way to the audition, all the rounds, all her other, other friends didn't get the audition, but she did. Mm. And then I think the funny part, like this, I mean, this story is kind of amazing because um, basically at the end, she um, had to show her breast because it was like topless show. And mom was like, there's no way I'm going to show you my breast. There's no way. Around. So then she, Lynn Renault, actually Lynn Renault took her and um, the Boucher, because it was like the two couple, the Boucher family. Um, so the, the, the Boucher director on the side on the wings. So my mom literally opened her top and then for two seconds and then turned down and Lynn Renault signed her a contract on the day because she was scared that my mom was will not coming back basically. Oh, it's kind of like, contracted. yeah. So it's kind of like a funny story. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Did you, did your mom worry, was she fine with you going into show business? Because sometimes if people live that they're worried about their kids going in and some are like, yes, go for it. Did you feel anything from her either way? That she was worried about it. That she was like, oh, yeah, this would be a good career for you. Because I think a lot of people that did that may want to shelter yeah, their my kids. Mom, my mom always said that to me that I prefer if you were a plumber. But <laughs> I can see you as an artist, so just do it. Just she do always, it. And especially my dad was always um, kind of really... You know, he wanted to have the serious part of thing. You know, like you have to do studies, you have to do blah 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 and blah blah. blah. So it's funny enough because I grew up doing professional things or quite you know good things, quality things with that guilty pleasure that was not what I was supposed to be, and that was not supposed to enjoy it. Oh wow! And like a long yeah. trauma as well because for me, as I said before, that was what my normal life was supposed to be performing, and then I always thought that I was when I was going home. When I was coming back home, I should not really show that I was really enjoying it, you know. But then it's good as well because the fact that my dad didn't want me to do the industry and to, to go into this business kind of like challenged me. And that's when I decided to go to London and I basically auditioned behind the back of my dad. I went to London telling him like uh, lies about what I was doing during my weekend. And then I did all my performing in this uh, musical um, um, colleges auditions there when I was in London and he had, didn't know about it and then the day I had my baccalaureate my uh, so it's like uh, A level I just sat him down I was like okay I'm leaving I'm just leaving everything is sorted I'm leaving in September I'm just going to UK and he was like what 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 what, what? and like, what, what's happening and then it was like 
And then, uh, and then that's how I left. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking then, of kids that like sneak out to do drugs or whatever. You're sneaking out to do theater. When I had to do this audition, that was on Sunday, a Saturday, and I booked a, a rehearsal, start and that was, that was internet, but it was not to the level of what we have right now. So it was a lot of like me going to the bank, me getting my like uh, underage, you know, not underage, but you know, like what your, your, your little credits, your uh, parents put on the side for the bank, me going to Gardiner, getting either your start to get, then, you know, like, so all this, you know, like um, managing things, you know, like put together. So it was kind of a lot of things. Me calling to like, um, um, so all the performing arts school in UK, not understanding a clue what they were saying, trying to be like, okay, sending the money, sending it through. That was, there was no like people, there was no, um, uh, uh, we transferred, there was no, uh, no, we transferred a uh, union, um, how you call that again? Uh, Western, Western Union. Union actually, yeah. So I had to go to the bank to admire myself. Like it was such like, but I actually did it. And back did and looking back forward, I'm like backwards. I'm like, oh my god, how did I did it? Like I was mental initially. But, but you meant you really wanted to do it. Yeah. You, really, what is your mom's name? Because I want to like because some people may recognize her name. G A R P Y. Okay, because some people may know who she is that or do our our history. Um, did you have any idea about the Lido as an option for you as a dancer? Were you going more for musical theater? Because you I was grew up in France with a showgirl France. mother, so it's not. Yeah. Was that I was even? Really, yeah, I was really going more for like musical theater, like really going more for musical theater. And then, funny enough, the only thing I did not do in my life is musical theater. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I think in a way, that's where like I mean. Uh, it's a bit, but um, it's 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 what my path was, you know. I mean, BB, I was not. Maybe I was too. Nah, that's gonna sound a bit like pretentious, but maybe I was too original to just replace someone in a musical show where they just expect you to sing at the right time, at the right place, and not give anything enough. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's reason I came along, and I did go uh, through. Uh, down through like a lot of like um, musical auditions like Chicago and then West Side Story, but I didn't get the job. And then, and then basically one day I just heard about the Lido audition that was coming to London and I actually did audition for London, uh, to Lido in London. For uh, Paris that you grew up in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's funny. But back in the day I was in London and I just went along because I just wanted to do it, you know, never mind it. Um, yeah, and then I just got the job. But from I did the audition in May, and then I got the job in July. I mean, I actually got the email in July, and I was like, so it, you know, it's like a everything happens in like three months, you know. I mean, so I was good, and then I was like, okay, why not? You know, what I mean, so I just came, and then it's funny enough because I just really understood that's maybe like you know, um, getting older and that you can't deny, you can't like deny your. Um, your roots you know you can't you can't uh, deny what you've been influenced by mm, mm. you have to embrace it like the key is to embrace them so then you can go into a next step you know what i mean it's not and that's maybe something that in uk like i felt also maybe because i was a foreigner like even though i didn't manage to like pretend I was English for a bit, you know, I mean, with my accent all over that because I don't speak like this and I don't speak like a French person. So, like, but <laughs> I, you know what I mean? But um, I just thought, uh, like, 
with the with the time, I, I, I feel really grateful actually that I'm, I had this path, this struggling path, because I was struggling a lot to really understand what was my um, my strength <laughs> as a performer. So my roots as well, you know. What I mean, as a performer. Did you, was it for the creation of Perry Mave? Yeah, yeah. So you come in with the original. Original cast. Was that, original. Was that a, a, brain, a shift for you to go, okay, I'm not going to pursue musical theater. I'm going to, because you could say, I'm just going to go try it for a little bit, no. see how I like it. Or were you ready to really go for this? No, I was just happy I had a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? No, no, but seriously, seriously, I was happy that I was a part of an original thing that was creation, you know what I mean? That was something creating, so that's exciting, you know. And because also I embraced even more now the, my creativity, that that's something that hit me up. I was like, yeah, of course, like uh, you know, so something really like you know, there's something like bubbling, there's something coming up, you know. So that was really something. And then I met Franco Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go expand on that. What was that like? I mean. I'm not gonna lie, and I think I don't know if a lot of person of the creation talk to you about it. Trauma. It was a trauma because you're a young performer. You're 23. You're doing a big show. You think it's gonna be absolutely amazing. You train for three months, like literally, like working your ass off, body training, like literally. Um, uh, how do you call that? Um, boot like boot camp, like every day, working so hard, and then. <laughs> I'm not putting the vote on Lido, but I'm put on, putting the vote on Fortuna. And then you're just holding a candelabra on stage. <laughs> like, yeah. this is true. And that's something as well that maybe people don't really say about Parimeve show. Like, wh- how you see it right now, it's, it came from a long path. Like, it came from a long way. When you do, like, the, the premiere show and most of the girls doesn't have dresses, you don't have the costumes, uh, you come on stage and, like, it really as as a performer where you put yourself and your spirit into work for three months and you end up like this it's really hard and it takes you a lot of time to get your um confidence back after emma wilkinson talked about that too of not having all the costumes and just feeling like embarrassed and i did because there's all the sides of it because there is there was so much work leading into it and i heard even like some of uh, benoit swan's wonderful choreography doesn't get to go in there like I've, I've been in shows we did something was my favorite dance number and now there's a giant spaceship on the stage and ice and now we can't dance because we have to move it because of something yeah. like set or something that like oh well, why do we do all that rehearsal and get so excited we finally get to dance hard I do think there's a lot more technical beautiful dancing in Perry Mervais than some of the stuff you know if you go way back I'm not thinking about the choreography I'm really because I really, yeah. uh, I think what Benoit did is really amazing and I think he did put uh, his personal input and his contemporary input, and it's a uh, and it's um, do you say hybrid? Hybrid in yeah. English? Yeah. yeah, it's an Irish, an hybrid way and in a modern way to see a uh, revue show and a showgirl show. So I, I I just hate the way Dragon managed the thing. And let's let's face up, you're in the industry. It's a tough industry. There's, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's mm. assholes. And I think it's one of them because I think there's a certain respect to give to the artist. And one of the perfect example is on the premiere nights. So he's decided out of the blue while the Can Can number was not finished to do it. 
So then like Benoit took the, <laughs> the mic and was like, just do the phrase, guys, just do the phrase. So then someone just started to do the kicks and then we all went to stage and do the kicks. So that was a mess, basically. Anyways, and then <laughs> at the end, and she, it was like, basically, he was like introducing all the lines. So he was like, so let me introduce you the siblings. So he goes, let me introduce you the belts. Okay, let me introduce you the blue belts. So then we all lined up with the boys at the back, looking at each other. Yeah, it's gonna be time. And then he goes, "Thank you very much. Good night." And we're like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I'm oh, not." Oh, true story. Oh. That is a true story. Literally, we're all like, "Okay." And, <laughs> and this is where we picture you. Wow, that is hard. It's hard to be a male dancer in the shows that are about the, the female. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I do think there's some parts that you guys are highlighted. And I'm thinking over all the years, I feel like sometimes there's a guy dancer, but it's kind of like, here you go. So I'm yeah. curious, because you were there, I was there for the reunion in 2019. I don't know if you were performing that night when we had the Bluebell reunion. No, 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 no. I heard about it, but no, no. You were not that night. It was, it was so wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then I was there last month and got to go backstage and see all the costumes. Yeah. And one thing I've been hearing about, which the people I interviewed weren't allowed to say yet about the new tableau, the Inubliab. Did I say that wrong? Uh I, I loved it, and I'm, I keep telling all the older Bluebells, go see the show while it's in there because we get to see those big costumes. The, the um, Oh, gosh, Alilito with a, I think that's the one, with the yellow that the, the, oh, the, yeah. the bow is going. It's just to see it that grandiose so again. And I'm curious, because yeah. you grew up with your mom, like Follies Bergere was very much the showgirl feather. Did yeah, that yeah. resonate with you when you saw this tableau come back? I'm thankful that Jane. number of the show. It's, it's my like, favorite number. It's my favorite number in the show now, in Ubiab. It's my favorite because that's a statement I made when we st when we finished the creation and we were starting to 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 go into the showrun and stuff. It's the uh, let's say the the perks of being a showboy. I can't even feel them in Paris Mave. I can't even feel you know having a big costume, feeling pretty on stage. I I can't feel that. I'm just feeling like a crazy you know like bell guy, bell room, uh, uh, bell guy, bell, uh, bell boy. Bellman, yeah. And I didn't feel that, you know, that prestigious thing. And and I do, I must say that, you know, like when you walk on stage with a chicxedo and a bow tie, you do feel like something, someone special, you know, and you do feel you have to. And, and yeah, like, I, I, I must say that's my favorite number. Now. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guys get to have a, a lot of that more um, higher end classy part. Yeah. And you, I, love I mean, it. if you've seen that, you've seen all those feathers because I loved to see the juxtaposition of both of that. I love the stuff that's modern in the, like, I love the um, Parisian number. And I love, yeah, there's things that are very contemporary, but I also love seeing that both on the same show with that yeah, beautiful. Because yeah. I think something like so big as, and it's got so much history as Lido has to be half and half. Let's say yeah. even like 45 ADNA, ADN, and then, a modern thing you know with a modern twist i think if you start to be you know you know like it's um you know the ringard so we say it's the like old-fashioned we say ringard in france i think no yeah. you, you everyone it's not ringard it's classic you know it's um it's um it's um time timeless timeless yeah timeless absolutely timeless um, things like i saw jubilee before it closed it ran for 35 okay. years in las yeah. vegas yeah. And some of it was very dated, like cheesy, like old fashioned. 
And then they tried to make it contemporary and then they didn't, it didn't go. They hired Beyonce's director who had nothing to do with any of this. So it, kinda, it, it was hard. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And there, they kind of, pardon me? Was it Humanity? You mean? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it was Jubilee, which was a Don Arden Bluebell show that ran in Las Vegas. Uh, the biggest, of, I mean, I was. Uh, uh, Yanis Marshall. Hmm? Beyonce choreographer Yanis Marshall? No. No, wasn't oh, a choreographer. No. I think he was like a director or something yeah, with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, oui, uh, oui, uh, Brian, uh, Brian uh, whatever his name is. I think it was, yeah. So yeah, some Brian. people were heartbroken because what they did was take out the things that could have been timeless. Because, yeah, so maybe updating some of the things. Like there's some things that just don't stand the test of time and some things are classic. I think everything that's in the Inublab, I'm going to say that wrong. It's all, cla it's all classic. Like I get a kick. Everything is timeless and classy. It's not like, oh, that's kind of cheesy now. We don't really I think they picked you know, Maybe I'm, I'm, a, I'm a specialist of cheesy and I, I'm a fan <laughs> of I'm a fan of camp. Everything I love about camp. But I think, yeah. of course, it takes a little kind of audiences to get what's about it, you know what I mean? To get what's the essence of it. So I understand it's like, you know, like a balance. But mm -hmm. um I think one of the best examples I have is in, uh, in Paris-Lin, so the first show my mom did with Lynn Renault. Yep. <laughs> the opening was just all the cast in tuxedos with top hats, and then they were going through the wings and then we were just changing those massive, like kind of like 70s uh, fuel leggings with like a massive uh, coat that looked like a, just like a, a massive ball and a little like um, a beret. And I think that was like a really good, uh, that's like a really good example of how, and my mom still say it, that it's a really good timeless number, opening number. You put tuxedos, people tuxedos on stage with a top hat, it always works, like it always works. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Works. So, yeah, and I think it's, you've got that good perspective. You've got like, I think Jeremy's another one of them. I see the old and the new yeah. and how they can Ooh. coexist and you don't want to throw away the things that mean something to people. Oh. If you want to keep that older generation coming around supporting too, it, you know. No, even like the old generation is because even with the new generation, it still works. Yeah, it definitely works. It still works. I don't know. It's, it's, it's that um, kind of like gray era in arts in general, any kind of arts, paint, painting, movies, that there's something that is timeless. It's just timeless. It always works. And that's where actually that's where you see like you know like that's what the the greatest artists in the world are the ones that make things timeless you know, but they do it when they do it they don't think it's timeless they just do it because it's like the essence of what their inspiration is but it, it comes up when people want to make a statement most of the time it doesn't work like right. you know when people we look at dance stuff there's things that we laugh at like when can, yeah. lyrical was so over the top reach or we were all doing the running oh, and, we were all yeah. doing, and then it, yeah. we laugh at it now we always laugh at those things but then it's like the things like no that still is beautiful to watch the things that were coming mm -hmm. from a more organic place so i just have yeah. before we wrap up i'm just what did you do during COVID? because you're from france so some people went home to the australia and poland and all over what did what was COVID so, like for you as an artist so basically um so um i left so I was a. I had a fixed contract at Lido, and I moved. Uh, I decided to stop Lido, and I uh, stopped in uh, March 2017. Then I went back to London, and then I did like a five-month tour of a musical in Germany. Then I went back to uh, London, and then I was just coming back and forth to Paris and London, blah 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 blah. blah. And then also, I kind of like hit depression. Uh, yeah. Like so, it, it was like a really tough time for me, and. Um, which basically just like kept me in a way that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't take any decisions. I couldn't 
And then, um, so I was still intermittent du spectacle. So, you know, the, the scheme we have here for uh, people that work in shows and uh, all the cinema industry and all that. Anyways, uh, and then basically I had to commit and do my hours. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back. So in September 2019, I went back to Lido. And so I kind of moved to Paris back. And then in February, just right before COVID, my, my dad came back to London and we took all my stuff back to France. So I actually moved to London. And then COVID yeah. just hit France, uh, which I was kind of happy because uh, thank God I was not in UK. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> And then, um, and then, uh, and then, um, basically, funny enough, I'm always the one with all my performing friends that are struggling. Like people are, like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm like, it's been five months, I haven't had a job, like usually. And funny enough, I work quite good in COVID because I wanted to make my um, so also this, uh, also uh, I want really to develop my acting side and and to be an actor basically. So I'm trying to do all the kind of like extra jobs I can do, you know, extras in films and all that. And that. So basically I did lots of like extra stuff that um, permit me to like uh, work during the COVID. And I mean, I'd, some of them, my friends did not work at all. And I kind of work every now and then, not crazy, but you know, a little bits and bobs. So that was all right, actually. <laughs> and you have to kind of keep your creative flow going so you don't lose yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. So when they opened back up, were you like on board? Like, yeah, I want to. Did you start back whenever? Well, you must have. Everybody uh, else started I, I, back last September. I'm replacement. I'm only a replacement Alido, so uh, which is really great for me as well because you, you know you take the time to get time with the people. But I'm, I must say that's also one thing I want to, to say is to do two shows a night is very tiring. It's it's, um, it's demanding. You know, it's um, yeah to get it. You know, to, to perform as if it, like it's like a French and brand a fresh and brand new thing and not to start to go into like an automatical thing to way to do your stage and to you know to not bother about things it's really hard to like keep your flat fresh so what i like right now to be as a replacement is like i come back and like it's a thrill every time you know it's very special every time because of course it's hard as a performer that's something as well you know people think you know you go on, I mean, you know, the cabaret world, you know, you just go and stay with the ferrous up your, and then you just, mad. but no, like it's stamina. It's like, really like, it's really about how much can you give to each different um, audiences each night and not going to that automatical thing. And, you know, so it's yeah. really tough, like, it's really hard. Wow. So really so the... Oh, go so, ahead. Yeah. No, no, I said, so, so I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm back as a replacement. I know replacement works, of course, like, if they ask me to do a fixed contract for a few months, I would say no. But replacement is good because it, it keeps you fresh. Like it keeps you, you know, you do your things during the day and then you come and blah, blah, blah. And um, because it's hard, it's really hard. And that's replacing if someone's out sick or off because they... Um, yeah, of the people that go into holidays and blah, 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 blah. Basically, you just like give your availabilities at the beginning of the month and then they tell you how, uh, how many days you work during the, the month. Now. How much work are you getting? Like for now like five dates five uh yeah five shows a month so it's not a lot. okay so that frees you up to do other it's things the leader just is opening from uh wednesday till uh saturday if it was open like all week like it was before of course there was there would be more uh dates because when i came back in 2019 just before covid uh i was working a lot a lot more a lot more so when you have this free time, are you kind of wondering what you want to do next? Do you want to keep doing dance or are you also have these other 
uh, no, dancing. No, no, dancing is done for me. No, no, I really want to embrace my creativity. So um, I have, uh, I'm working with some friends of like uh, creating like a YouTube channel because uh, we want to create like loads of sketches and stuff and a parody. Um, not parody, but like um, I can I say in, in English like comedy sketch. Yeah, comedy sketch. Yeah. Um, to uh, that we want to upload to. Um, YouTube and all that, and then uh, just like trying to like embrace that creativity I have in me, and to really like, of, of course, it's like a, uh, a work in progress, and it's like a one step at a time. But I knew that's the key. I mean, I just I felt like that was the key for me. Mm-hmm. And then like just doing acting things, you know, like maybe like castings every now and then, and all that. But <laughs> that's when the people I talk to, because like when you're working so hard, you don't have time to just uh, like, what do I actually yeah. want to do, or what else am I good at? For COVID, I just thought like, well, Michael's doing music and and clothing design. Almost everybody I talked to, like Kalon launched before that, but they just, people found other parts of their creativity and their personality. The right thing about the pandemic had on us artists is how can you renew yourself? How can you, what what's what's over passion? What's your over passion in life, you know? That's maybe one of the last, the, the one good thing, the yeah. <laughs> pandemic. It's true. It made people think. It made people think. So it's good. Yeah, I think we could just go through our whole life just doing something because either we're good at it or people thought we should do it, and now go. Well, actually, yeah. do I like this? Or maybe I like it, but only part time. Maybe I, I want to do this. That's something as well. I want to say, like in the uh, whether it's at the Moulin Rouge or uh, Crazy Horse or any kind of the cabaret shows in Paris, uh, a lot of people started to move out and do other things. I think that's what the, the yeah. But not in a way that they hate it. They just think the pandemic had an impact on them. We're like, well, actually, maybe I want something other now. Maybe I want some, another thing now, you know, in my life. And, and I actually, there's a, yeah, there's a few people from Nido that just left uh, during the pandemic. And uh, also, I know a crazy horse as well. So it kind of, you know, like uh, made people's mind change in a way. Yeah. And your body can't do this forever, too, especially when yeah. you, if you go back to like two shows six nights a week. So I, this was such a fun surprise because I really didn't know much except for that your mother was a famous showgirl. So I'm always, <laughs> there's more to this, more to the story than that. And it was really great. I love hearing people's journey of how they get places, especially when it's intentional and reflective instead of just like on a career yeah. path without really any connection. I just, I just saw a light coming through the street and I just walked into it, you know, you say it right in French. J'ai vu la lumière chante. You know, I just saw a light, I just walked in. Oh, <laughs> I get that. Even if it's a French thing, I get that. Um, so as we end here, is there anything from your mother, like words of wisdom or things that you saw in her that, that you carry into you, even though you're very different, you've got a different training, a different way of being. Yeah, there's one thing. And also that's one thing she always said to me. And, um, and actually I did kind of embrace it recently and I did not really think about it. You know, like you're a performer and blah, 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 and you're struggling and all that, but there's that special thing in you that really makes me want you to like carry on. And even if you're like, don't get a job and feel depressed and feel bad about yourself, there's always that little like fire inside you that you, that keeps you going basically. And that's one thing she always told you, like, and she says to, because she's now a singing uh, teacher and a singing coach and she always says to a student like if you got this little fire this little sparkle inside of you then just like follow it just go with it and i think that's like the key really like 
the worst can happen, you know, like you don't get jobs, uh, you're not working, you know, but that little thing that tells you mm. carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on, that just makes you carry on, you know. And by now, by the time, when I'm, you know, sometimes I get upset or I get frustrated about the industry and blah, blah, blah. And then I tell myself, well, now you you have this fire in you and like it's legitimate. You really have this fire in you. So just go on. So, okay, you can cry for like two minutes, but then carry on. Because at the end of the day, you only, I mean, to myself, I tell my Marlon, you're always going to carry on in this path. You're never going to uh, decide to like, do a reconversion or like do another job like you're always gonna like that's just the path you got so you just have to embrace it and with the bad and good things uh include so yeah just mm. the fire it's <laughs> so good well i think a lot of people spend their life trying to squish that fire put it out dampen because it's yeah. painful because it hurts to want it so a lot of people will painful. It's so try to make it shut up and it's like oh that is what gives you life even when life is hard Mm. that's yeah we need those artists to not squish that or to pretend no, it's not there we need the artists to make you know it's the work of artists as well you know all this thing as well that people maybe that gave up i mean i see that maybe from my uh the experience i had in uk are people because you know uk the stage goal is a big thing you know they put a lot of kids in stage goals so they all think they're going to be artists all think they're going to be you know that and all the people are like Dance, they came, you know, at college when we were 16 or 18 and like dancers, but then they go out of college and they're going to get any jobs because they don't have that kind of fire going up for me, you know what I mean? All the like rich kids that got the parents that can afford the colleges and then they, and when I see, funny enough, when I see all the um, um, graduation year uh, I was in, we're like maybe six that actually still carry on to be performers. The rest are just, you know, just like carry on to have like normal life. I mean, yeah. you know, for, you know, it's a path in life, but when you put so much money into that college, and trust me, it's not cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think. Mm. Wow. Well, carry on, carry on with your fire. So and maybe, no, 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 yeah, just just the fire, you know. It's only yeah, the thing. Because, we have to kind of help each other, like keep our fires going when it feels like is this worth it? Yeah, it's kind of good to tell your story, get your fire built up a bit. And then yeah, yeah, just um, but it's like a it's unmaterial. You can't. You, it's just that you know that sparkles. You know, even when you're done, when you're like, uh, in French we say putain métier, like this bloody bloody industry. In a way that's like, uh, like you know, you don't get things right. Like I got to the end of Chicago the musical auditions, and that was my dream job, and I didn't get picked, mm, and that yeah. like put me down to like so bad and it was really hard also that's when i started my rehearsals in germany so i was alone by myself and i just had this awful moment when i came back to my hotel room and i just cried for like four hours on my shower like floor and I, it was it was awful i was i was just like uh, uh, I, I don't know like mm. i was just absolutely heartbroken because this is what really made me go to uk that fussy uh, legacy that fussy inspiration is it, the nature of kind of what I wanted to do as a musical performer but then I learned that maybe it's how it is and it's not because I didn't got the job that I'm a sh bad performer I'm bad that's just how it is and maybe that um, let's say that that mm, bad thing was a way for me to turn myself into another path that maybe will be more um, can I say um, Come up with your own. Oh, 
not grateful, but much more rewarding, rewarding, rewarding mm. for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe like a musical thing, even if I love it, and this is one of the, the things that I really, uh, that's one of my inspiration. Maybe I need to turn a little bit more on the side so that I can find my own path because maybe the kind of performer I am has to find his own path. It might be the kind of performer I am hasn't has to fit in the actual case and in the actual, you know, get be labeled, you know, be labeled if I can say, you know, maybe I'm too original for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know for Fosse, they like older, like a lot of the girls that didn't make it when they're like in their thirties or forties where they, they've hit that place where it's that maturity that you need for. So even though it's a no now, it might be a later or that yeah, experience. Yeah. No, of course, but also I did realize with time that, okay, I didn't get this. So I turned myself into something else and blah, 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 you know, so. It's not, you know, I don't, with, on the day, I was like, but with few years, and still, it's still a bit like heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. but um, that's how it is. And as I, and as I said to you, like, early on, like, I'm going to carry on anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So if you get these YouTube things going, if you'd send me a link, I'll share it, because I always like to follow up to see, like, what other people's people are doing, or if you have any I links to where so that people can kind of check you out and I, I think send that, me pictures. And I know you've got a lot of great pictures of you modeling. Maybe that's another thing in there, but who knows? <laughs> we might find you on a magazine cover or on the stage yeah. or yeah. I would try, but well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes for really great Instagram photos. That's for sure. Thank you. <laughs> so Marlon, thank you. And I hope thank if I'm back much. in Paris, dance on that stage again with you, because I'm probably going to come back again next year. Yeah, just, yeah I'll just, it was so wonderful to see you all as real humans in flesh and blood up there. So take care. And this is from Bluebells from all over. We love you. We're super happy about this generation of Bluebells to keep carrying that fire yeah, forward. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Take care. And I hope to speak with you again.